Welcome to Beyond the A, where our mission is to destigmatize the topic of anxiety in the legal profession. I'm so pleased to have Blake Gansborg with us today. Blake is a partner at Nelson Mullins' Denver, Colorado office. He graduated magna cum laude from the University of Michigan Law School in 2010, and his legal career has spanned various aspects of the dispute resolution process, from clerking for a federal district court judge to working in-house as a secondee to Barclays Investment Bank. Currently, Blake's legal practice focuses on complex commercial litigation and state court, federal court, administrative forums, and arbitration proceedings. Outside of work, Blake enjoys mountain biking, backcountry skiing, spending time with his wife, and getting their house ready for the baby they're expecting in March. Hi, Blake. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Hey, Amelia. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Great. Um, So to start, let me ask you the very first question. Do you think that anxiety exists in the legal profession? In short, yes, absolutely. Um, the legal profession is, you know, comprised by you know, professionals, human beings, individuals who bring all of their humanity to the profession and the process of doing legal work. And so inevitably, when you have folks together working with one another, anxiety is inevitable as a result or a kind of a byproduct, just like kind of every other human emotion on the spectrum. Mm-hmm, for sure. And why is the topic of anxiety important to you personally? Personally, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, anxiety is, it, it's something that everyone deals with. It's something that my colleagues deal with. It's something that they bring home to their families. And it's something that, you know, impacts everyone's lives, especially if it's not discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has this really powerful effect if it's like allowed to be insidious and if it's allowed to be, you know, kind of swept under the rug. And so just as a topic that is, you know, made explicit and discussed instead of hope, you know, people attempting to ignore it, it loses a lot of its power and a lot of its negative impacts. So I I think that it it is a very relevant topic in the sense that everyone experiences anxiety on some level, at least that's my belief. And then it's also relevant because the more you talk about it, the more you kind of, you know, take the wind out of its sails and make it less of an issue. That's very true. And that's exactly what we're trying to do here with this podcast, too. And what are your personal experiences with anxiety? Could you um, share your uh, experiences with that? Sure. Just to think of some examples and kind of tie it to my profession. The trigger point is just like I'm talking to you. It's like a law student. I'm thinking about when I was in law school, like that was my first experience of anxiety. I guess I was kind of trying to get myself into the legal profession, you know, studying for exams. which especially like my first set of exams, that was my first, I don't know what's going to happen. I've got this big looming deadline and it'll be an experience that is like, I can prepare for it. I can do everything that in my power to try and get to this place where I think I'll perform well. But at the end of the day, I'll be walking in with a lot of unknowns. There will be variables that will just kind of be presented to me in the moment and I'll have to react to them. And, And, you know, like the law school, the issue spotter exam. Um, where I, you know, you don't know what the issues are going to be or what the hypotheticals are going to be. You just have to study your butt off and hope for the best. And so, you know, th- that, those were stressful moments. And I, I definitely remember studying with friends and then deliberately deciding not to study with friends because everyone was just kind of like infecting one another with their anxiety. You know, you just had to, you know, do some, some, some studying alone so you could avoid those problems or avoid that kind of stress. But then, you know, maybe jump forward to, you know, like actually practicing law. I distinctly remember, because I started a law firm in New York, Kidwalter, Wickersham and Taft, 
and they're kind of like a Wall Street firm. We would represent a lot of like investment banks, private equity firms, any kind of financial institution. And that's how I kind of ended up working at Barclays for a little while um, as a secundi. And the environment of that law firm, I think, you know, just was kind of like naturally conducive to, to anxiety and stress, but also it was probably mostly just my newness to the profession and that industry and kind of the scope of the work and how it was kind of the back and forth, the cadence of the work was just difficult to learn so much so quickly. And I was bad at it because I was so new. So that just caused a lot of anxiety for me where I have these memories, you know, it's been a long time. It's been over a decade now since I worked there, but I do distinctly remember sending the research out or whatever the you know draft of the work product was to the supervisors or the partner and just feeling this sense of almost dread, like, was it good enough? I poured everything I had into this, but there was so much that I was just kind of not guessing, but wasn't sure because I'd never done it before. And so just even if the feedback came back positive, like the next time around, there would still be that, oh gosh, that tightness that, you know, what's, what's going to happen? Is this good or not? I'm not even sure. All I know is I left everything on the field and tried my best. But even that wasn't enough to feel this sense of kind of, you know, calmness or satisfaction, like because I worked hard, I therefore did a good job. That's just that there's no correlation. Well, there's not a perfect correlation there. And so that just led me to feel very, very wound up, very stressed. I was always, you know, questioning my, my work product, my, my level of legal skills. And that was, that wasn't even connected necessarily to the feedback I was getting. That was just my own internal drive, which of course it actually made me perform pretty well because it made me push really hard, but it also led to, you know, a lot of stress, disappointment, or even like the perception of disappointment, even if I was doing well, just because I didn't, I didn't feel like I was doing well because of that anxiety. I totally understand that, especially last year as well. It was my first year in law school. I remember just like studying super hard because of the anxiety of not knowing what to expect. And then Mm -hmm. even if, you know, getting good feedback, you kind of still doubt yourself. It's like, oh, was it by luck? And then I think that imposter syndrome just kind of looms over, especially um, I think for articling students and uh, younger like junior associates. But how about now as a partner? Do you feel that your like experiences with anxiety are like different in your career? And like, also, has it affected like your personal life at all as well? Yeah. Okay. To flash forward, I think, actually, I do think things are a little bit better. I feel a lot more confident in my skill set. And that's that's both like professional, like core legal skills mm-hmm. um, and interpersonal skills, just kind of like understanding more about the the flow of kind of the legal work, interacting with clients, interacting with my colleagues. I have a lot more comfort around that, just kind of being older and and kind of just doing it for over a decade. But at the same time, wow, it's like, I, you know, I, I haven't been a partner for that long. It's, it's kind of like new level, new devil. I, I feel like there are all these additional demands that weren't placed on me when I was an associate, or now I'm a partner and I have these additional expectations. And yeah, every year I realize again and again, like that doesn't necessarily go away. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be uncertainty. And there's always going to be something that's going to drive, yeah, I mean, anxiety or just, you know, uncertainty. I, I, I think that the two are so similar and both will drive or kind of motivate uh, me to, you know, do my best, try really hard, keep pushing, mm-hmm. but then also create that kind of tension, that uncertainty, the anxiety that I think is, you know, 
both good and bad in so many ways. And then I think the other part of your question is, you know, does it, does it impact my personal life? And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, not to speak for everybody, but I, I think it does impact everyone's life in a 360 degree kind of way, where if something really bad is happening to you, you know, in the workplace, maybe I'll return to just like about me. If something's bad is happening to me in the workplace where I'm up against a big deadline or dealing with someone, either opposing counsel or the client, one of my colleagues who's being very disagreeable or, you know, we're having a trouble, having a difficult path to coming to a mutual kind of agreement. Um, yeah, I take that home with me. It impacts other aspects of my life, other aspects of my work, and, and not always in a great way. Um, so, you know, I think that that's, again, to return to the first question you asked me, you know, why is this important? Because I want all of my interpersonal relationships, all of my professional interactions and all of my work product to be as good as it can be, and also to derive pleasure from it. I want to feel good about my career. I want to feel good about my work. And if I can find a way to kind of target and talk about whatever it is that's causing me the problem, then I can get to that better place. And so, yeah. That's very true. Um, and also, what have you done to overcome those feelings of anxiety? And what were your results from that? I've got a grab bag of tricks that I kind of try to work with on, on dealing with anxiety. Again, I think of it as tensions, problems. And, you know, one approach, just to think about a, a work example, to be specific, I was trying to get a filing done early because I had another deadline that was kind of very close to when the filing was due, right? And so this was for a court matter. It was a litigation in California and I wanted to get it done early and I had to work with the client and my you know, co-counsel to kind of get the filing done. And it was a big one. And so I did my work and I needed everyone to give me their feedback, you know, kind of quickly so that we could kind of navigate these deadlines and navigate kind of all the work that needed to be done. And so it was causing stress because it was causing stress for me. It was causing stress for, you know, my co-counsel and the client didn't really get as much of that because it was really more of our internal work, but still it, it required that interaction with the client. And so the way that I dealt with the stress there was just communication. I went to the office of my, my colleague that I was working with and talked to them, you know, sat down with them and try to approach it in the most amicable way possible, because I'm fully cognizant that if something is causing me anxiety, I have every I should have every expectation that it would be causing anxiety for whoever I'm working with. And so I want to deal with that in a productive way. And so I met with them. I, you know, I tried to talk with them and, and try to help. And I think being available, offering to do that additional work and really dig in, I think that it didn't result in less work for me, but it resulted in more productive work for me. Mm -hmm. um, it resulted in a better relationship with my colleagues, with the client. And so it kind of was something where I was able to spot it as a potential negative interaction, which, which required more of my attention. And then I gave it that attention and it turned into a positive situation. Mm -hmm. uh, other things that I've done is just go to the gym. If I'm working out every day, like my odds of getting into a stressful situation, just go drown dramatically. And, you know, on the weekends, I try to be very deliberate about putting work down if I am working on the weekend and then spending time with friends, with my wife, cooking dinner, uh, just, you know, cleaning the house, mm -hmm. uh, just like very, you know, what seems like almost mundane becomes so 
relevant and so important to like mental well-being that if I'm if I haven't done the laundry for a couple of weeks, like that's like indicative of like where my whole life is and my whole state of mind. Because I, you know, you have to make time or I, I I need to make time to do these, just the little chores to make myself feel kind of like I'm leading a holistic life and, and feeling less stressed out. So those are some things that I do. Yeah, I totally relate to that. As a law student, I often find myself drowning in readings and my partner will mm-hmm. be doing like all the chores. But once in a while, I, I'll take that study break and I'll start cooking. And I'm like, wow, this is what it's like to be a normal human being. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's like, it's so weird because it's something where, you know, it's not just about getting the cooking done or like getting food on the table. It's about like the act of yeah. just like putting down the work and doing something else. And doing something like just like purely for yourself. And even if it's a chore like cooking or cleaning, it actually feels like really nice. It's actually like really therapeutic just to chop vegetables, you know? <laughs> I agree. But I was wondering if you have any advice for law students and uh, legal professionals on uh, managing anxiety throughout their careers and their uh, legal education. Um, yeah, advice uh, is just to be cognizant, to be aware that you know, of your humanness. And and also that you're interacting with people because the legal profession, although in law school, you're you're learning and thinking about legal doctrines, the actual practice of law, which may seem obvious, is a lot of human interaction. It's about dealing with people. And if you're dealing with people, you're dealing with all of them, which includes their their emotions, their anxieties, the, the ups and the downs, and their imperfections, because mistakes are inevitable. When there's, you know, a person doing anything, there's always some level of error there. And, you know, errors do cause stress. And so you have to learn to cope with that. And some of that's going to be out of your control. Some of it's going to, you know, be, you know, a colleague making a mistake or you make a mistake because everyone does or opposing counsel or the judge even there, you know, judges do things that people disagree with all the time. And so you just have to learn to deal with that kind of social friction be cognizant of it, and then figure out what you need to do to deal with it, to make yourself both aware and kind of coping with it. Because trying to ignore these problems, trying to ignore the stresses in your life can only make them worse and more powerful. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. Thanks for sharing. And then my very last question for you is, so how do you think we can shift the conversation and culture onto anxiety and mental health in the legal profession? You know, Can I make that question a little broader, actually? Because I think every profession needs to deal with this question. Mm -hmm. I think that this is something, you know, like I said, it's just people involved in this profession. And so inevitably, there's going to be, you know, people problems, emotions, issues with anxiety and other kind of social issues. But every profession that has people, which is pretty much all of them, would have these same issues. And kind of right now, you know, basically the world's going through like its own kind of pandemic of, of, you know, anxiety. I think that at least in the legal profession, you know, it's been kind of like widely recognized that there are issues with substance abuse. And so bar associations across the country are dealing with treatment plans or other kind of programs designed to help attorneys with substance abuse. And I think that in my view, a lot of that you can directly correlate it with stress and anxiety. And, and that's, a, you know, substance abuse is a symptom of that. And so it becomes like a, a public health concern where you've got to be talking about these issues, their underlying causes, in order to get 
to a better place. So you're dealing with, you know, just yeah, public health, dealing with, you know, mental health is directly related to that. And so, yeah, what do we do though? Well, how do we increase the conversation? I think that that's happening. I think that, you know, people are becoming more aware. I think conversations like this are helpful. Mm-hmm. I think that making that more mainstream is really helpful. You know, bar organizations adopting programs or designing programs that are designed to address specifically mental health and the, you know, the legal profession, law firms, you know, I work at a law firm with almost a thousand attorneys. And so the more that the law firm as a larger kind of entity would support, you know, bringing awareness, creating programs around mental health, you know, they could have a lot of power over like the attorneys working at this law firm, my law firm, Nelson Mullins, and every law firm. Um, And, you know, translate that to any other kind of aspect of legal practice, you know, government attorneys, nonprofit attorneys, in-house attorneys. I think that the, you know, organizations, the entities that kind of, uh, you know, coordinate that work, they should be thinking about this. They should be thinking about programs that they can design or kind of amenities they can offer to their employees that specifically target mental wellness. And again, you know, they're going to be more likely to do that the more that you're doing this work, you know, the more that, you know, attorneys are talking about these issues openly and identifying them as something that impacts their profession. So hopefully it gets better. Hopefully there is more of a conversation. Hopefully, you know, the more you talk about it, the more it becomes a social norm. And I think time is going to, you know, help, you know, raise that awareness, just kind of continue this conversation. Mm-hmm. And definitely your contributions to this podcast, you are adding on to that mission. <laughs> so mm-hmm. thanks for that. Yeah. So uh, thanks again, Blake, for sharing your personal experiences with mental health with us today and for providing advice to uh, us law students and other legal professionals as well. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to our Beyond the A podcast. You can follow us on social media at beyondtheA.co and on streaming platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts for more of our content surrounding mental health in the legal profession.